Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Perhaps you remember that old country song, That's My Story and I'm Sticking to It. He talks about how he goes out and gets drunk and has a good time, but he comes home and, well, he kind of makes up a fabricated story after that about how he fell asleep in the car and etc., etc., etc. If you haven't heard the song, go look it up. But the phrase has become very popular, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And the really scary part is there are a whole lot of people who operate their life based on a story that's more like the stories that my parents used to accuse me of telling that were, well, they were just plain made up. They were just, well, they were lies. There were a whole lot of people who were living their life based on lies. But then there are also a whole lot of people who live their life with tragic stories and trauma in their life and they really know that deep inside that story has the power to free someone else. But their ability to tell it, well, maybe sometimes it still hurts. Maybe it's still being revealed within them. It's still being unveiled within them. And they need a little help just getting their fingers around exactly what happened and how they should feel about it and how they do make decisions based on it and how that should be delivered to somebody else. And well, that's that's what I focus on is helping people tell better stories better. So today we're going to watch a clip from a Story Power Masterclass we did in February of 2022. And the relationships between the stories, and, and you'll see a brief clip of the 10 or 12 people that are in the class. There's never more than that. But you're also going to hear from one of the participants who's going to share a little bit of a story. Her name is Nadia. And we're going to go right into that story after the roll in. And uh, you'll have a chance to hear her story and then hear me tell it a different way. So stay tuned. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and today we're going to have a, a quick demonstration of a story being told from the person who lived through the story, and then I'm going to retell the story. The whole clip is about six minutes long, and you're going to hear from Nadia from the Story Power Masterclass of 2022, and I just want you to listen to the way each of, it, each of us perceive the story and the way that it's delivered, because that's what we're going to focus on talking about in this episode of Leading Leaders. So... Stand by for Nadia's story. Gas pump story like I was hitting on them. Where that transaction didn't feel like something of trust, but why is this old dude creeping on me, right? And so the energy that you put into that is significant because there's a presupposed relationship. There's a presupposed age gap, education gap, etc. And if that were a Mercedes SUV and they're looking at my old 20-year-old truck, Maybe like, why are you talking to me? Who do you think you are? And so, yeah, there's there's still that too. All right, we're down to the last three. Who's it gonna be? All right, Nadia, bring it on. What's your call to action? Impart people to tell their story. It's not a call to action, I guess. So how would you make it a call to action? Um. I don't know. This. I'm learning, so Hold I this. have no clue. Excuse my touch. Yep. Just gonna go right here on your shirt. Hopefully not with your hair in it. Just put it in right there. It will make noise. Uh, I'm trying to keep it away from your necklace without pulling in your hair. Here we go. 
You good? Yep. Okay. Yeah, if I clip that on your necklace, it will sound like somebody's beating it over a fence. Okay. I don't know where to start, but maybe you should start with the time. That's a good, that's a good, we'll, we'll start with the timer. <laughs> yes. So, um, you might look at me today and you see, oh, she's putting well put together. She have a fun hat or, or a belt and match her pants, but uh, no, nobody really know what I went through. Well, that was uh, on my baking statement <clears throat> a month ago, I saw something that I never thought in my life I would see it, called child support. Uh, all started because, I guess, 13 years ago, um, I met a guy, barely knew it, I got married, had two kids with him, 13 years later, which was last year, on May, I received it, um, an email with uh, a divorce paper, sole custody of my kids, and a restriction order on me. Well, we don't really know how things happen to your life, right? But on those moments that you actually, um, you're in your lowest point, or, or you don't know actually why is this happened, I started asking God questions. And um, pretty quick, I decided to stop asking why and started asking what now? Um, well, it gave me a lot of opportunities to meet people when I start opening up myself to accept and embrace that story was happening to me for a purpose. Um, the reason why I'm so passionate about not only to tell my story, but to empower other people to tell their stories too. Very good. What is the call for action? I don't know. Tell your story. We can go with that. Clarification. He got sole custody and you're paying child support, right? Yes. Okay. Ready? Imagine waking up and finding a transaction on your bank record that you're not sure where it came from or why it's there. I mean, I, I wasn't thoroughly surprised. It wasn't like I, I had a bill for having bought the Omni Hotel or, you know, shoes in Paraguay. It wasn't that austere. It was really just child support. But it had never come out of my bank account until today. And for the first time, I realized this isn't just a tragedy that I went through. This is a tragedy that I will continue to go through. This isn't an incident that once happened. This is the new normal in my life. See, 13 years ago, I found what I thought would be the man of my dreams. Together we had kids, we had marriage, we had happy, and for over a decade it was us. Now, it wasn't always nice us, if I remember right, but um, it was always us. It was a family, and then one day in an email, I get goodbye. Goodbye, and I'm taking the kids. I'm out of your life, and you're out of mine, and so long. And I look back today and I think it's not 
insult enough to be single after 10 years. It's not insult enough to lose custody of my children. It's not insult enough to be new in a country that I wasn't born in. It's not insult enough for all of those things that I thought were my opportunities for hope to be stripped away, but now I have to pay for it as well. Now, I don't know what's going on in your world, but I can tell you that the pain in mine sometimes makes me want to hide in the corner and just cry and ask why. And I want to encourage you to know that as you tell your story, you will have a better view of what that story could mean to you, what that story could mean to somebody else, because you may be the reason for hope for somebody else who's simply asking why. I'm tired of asking why. I'm done asking why. I want to ask what's next. And I want to challenge you to tell your story and do the same. Do I need to get a tennis ball for you two? Yeah. <laughs> First one in the room, last one in the room. Who's it going to be? <laughs> okay, when these two are done, we're taking a break. So I'm just saying, pressure them however you need to. You know, there's a lot in all of our stories that the highs and the lows of relationship, the incidences, the moments that we learn from, the Sometimes the ones that just break us down until there's nothing left emotionally, nothing left financially. We're just, we're whipped, we're beaten, we're, we're done. We don't even want to fight anymore. And sometimes those are the stories <clears throat> that have the greatest stickiness, the greatest longevity, the greatest grasper in the whiskers power to transfer to somebody else's life. Now, I'm not saying we need to live in the tragedies of our life and spend all of our time there. Sometimes the hysterical moments with a toddler, the hysterical moments with a puppy, the hysterical moments with a cow. Have you seen the videos of the cow <clears throat> where the, the guy puts the uh, push broom on the side of the stump and the cow walks every morning and rubs his face on it until his hair looks like the little eraser head pens and then comes to the fence for his petting and his morning food? It's hilarious. Those kind of stories have just as much value when there's a transferable lesson to go with them. The challenge is, for most people, <clears throat> selecting which story they're going to tell. Is it going to be the story of the cow or the puppy or the cat or the kid or the tragedy? And when will you tell that story and, and what point will you attach to that story and, and what call to action will you attach to it? Look, it's, it's your story. <clears throat> There's no question whether or not you know your story. Now, I, I can tell you. In one of these classes, just like that clip you just saw from the 2012 Story Power Masterclass, a lady came up and told her story. And, and in her story, she said, when that woman walked in the room, I just saw such hatred in her eyes. And when I retold her story, I, I didn't say I saw such hatred in her eyes. I said... There was such hatred in the room. And during the break, that particular lady had approached me and she said, uh, I, I've been thinking, and I could tell she had streaks of makeup on her face. She said, I've been thinking about what you said. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, you changed one line in my story. And it made me realize that perhaps the hatred wasn't in her eyes. It was in me. Which changes everything because I've been holding a grudge for this woman for years for the hatred she displayed to me. And now that the question is, was it her or me? 
I can let her off the hook and maybe even I need to apologize to her for all the time that's been lost in our relationship. Story power can change your life. Sometimes it's the story that you tell, the perception you had when the moment came about. I know when I wrote my first book in 2011, there were, there were people who were characters in that book that thought to themselves, um, I don't remember it quite like that. That's going to be the case with pretty much every event in life. Remember, I've mentioned it over and over and over again. If three people are standing on a corner and they see a car accident, if you interview all of them, you might get six stories by the time you're done. Three people. Each of them have two different stories about what happened and why. Because their perception, because of their angle, because of the light. Maybe the light was in their eyes. Maybe they saw the red light and the other person didn't. Maybe they both noticed that the person from that side of the intersection had a green light. And the reality is they were both green at the same time and that's a malfunction. Nobody's at fault except the light switch operator. It could happen. But see, all these stories that we live through, we tend to live through them from our perspective. It's the closest one we have. But sometimes... Our perspective is based on our perceptions, which is based on, you ready for this? Our attitude, which is based on, according to neuroscientist Dr. Caroline Leaf, an attitude is the equation of a thought plus a feeling. So how you feel about something and then what you think about how you feel, that's an attitude which taints your perceptions, which changes your perspective. And when you come into an event, an emotional reaction can taint the truth, the facts, the history of that story. And that story may have the, the pure view of being an outsider, an objective observer. It may have the impure view of somebody who is hurt, wounded, misunderstood, Someone who came with their feelings first. And so how they feel drives everything. And then what they think later may or may not apply. And some people just think with their feelings to begin with. You've heard people say, I was just, I was just thinking with my heart. I mean, there's country songs. There's rock songs. There's pop songs. I mean, you can listen to anybody from Miley Cyrus to her daddy, Billy Ray. And hear songs about how messed up the heart is. Don't tell my achy, breaky heart. Uh, it came in like a wrecking ball. Both of those are references to the emotional center making all the decisions. I'm just saying. And if you are the kind of person that lives with your heart on your sleeve, and you feel like everything that's said that you disapprove of was intentionally poked at you, was intentionally negative toward you, you might be looking for a chance to take offense. Which means the story that you tell... It's going to come from that perspective. It's going to come from that point of view. There might be some blame in your story that really shouldn't be there. And maybe it's blame toward you. Maybe it's shame or it's pride. And see, all of these are things that are going on in your head, things that are going on in your heart, things that are going on in your memory, and they're all tied together. And sometimes just telling the story allows you to look at that moment in time again and go, oh... I hadn't really thought about it like that. 
That's why I so strongly encourage journaling. I, for every moment of your life, every relationship in your life, write things down. I keep a running tab in my phone in my notes called Original Quotes. I think right now it goes back to like 2017 or 2018 of ideas that have come to my mind, little, little notions that just spur things. And from time to time, I'll go back and read all of those. And it's fascinating, the weird thoughts that have gone through my own head. The thoughts that I, I generally would think I've got a pretty good grip on those. I used to write in journals constantly. I mean, like every day. I've probably got 40 journals that are filled cover to cover, every page, every sermon note, every class I attended, every online course that I took, all written in my journals. And they started to get a little bit jumbled up between my thoughts and the thoughts that I was hearing from others. And so I took up a new habit when I'm studying a book, the content of that book, and that book spurs a new series of thoughts in me. I do two things. First off, I put my original thoughts, the ones that are my aha moments, my conclusions, into my notes in my phone. But the thoughts that are a hybrid between what I'm reading and what I'm thinking or just my deeper revelation that that something in that book has sparked in me that causes me to think back to a story in my own life and go, oh, maybe I misunderstood then. Maybe I didn't know then what I know now. I believe Maya Angelou is quoted for saying, I made the decisions that I had then based on the knowledge I had then, but now I know better, and so I do better. Well, I think we all have that reality in our life that as we grow older, we hope to grow up. We hope that when we watch the behavior of a toddler, that we won't see the same behavior when they're 12 or 20 or 40. It's not always the case, but generally speaking, we hope that as we grow older, we grow up. We have a more mature way of dealing with circumstances and incidences. The challenge with storytelling is that if we haven't looked at that story again through the lens of time, if we haven't visited, revisited, recalled, recollected that story, and perhaps even retold it to somebody else who was there or around. I mean, I tell a story in my book, and I teach from this story all the time, of the day that I discovered I had a hole in my pocket when I was running to chase the ice cream truck, and I didn't realize it until I got to the ice cream truck and ordered what everybody wanted, and that was the fudge pop. Tommy wanted one, too, and Tommy Wilson ordered a fudge pop. And I didn't have any money when I got there because it fell out along the way chasing the ice cream truck down the street. And Tommy told the ice cream man, keep my fudge pop. Give me two ice cream sandwiches. And I learned about letting things go and being humble enough to receive from somebody else all at the same time. Now, I've told that story a hundred times. It'd be fascinating to know if Tommy even remembers that day. I know Tommy remembers the day we rode our bikes across town and he had a brand new 10-speed and the bully of our school decided to chop the front tire in half with an axe. We both remember that day. That was kind of a freaky day. We just looked at each other like, did that really just happen? Oh, yeah, that really just happened. That was, who does that? But see, those are the kind of moments that there were more than two people there. There were more than me there, but... Did I remember it exactly the same way they did? And as we recall those moments, we retell those moments, we revisit those moments. It's the reason that therapists and psychologists and counselors and coaches, they ask you questions about your past, not because they're trying to figure out everything about you, but because sometimes 
just you going back to that moment and looking at it from where you are today, from what you've learned about yourself since then, changes the way you look at that moment, changes the things that you've learned. I know there are times in my life that I look back on and I think that was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. I dropped out of college the week of my first final exam. I had one semester left to go and I had a 3.82 GPA, uh, GPA, but I, my girlfriend broke up with me the day before and I was so distraught that I failed the test, destroyed my GPA. I was near suicidal. I told my roommate, take my keys away from me because I don't know what I'll do right now. I, I can't even get centered on my own feelings. I was a mess. A couple of weeks later, I joined the Air Force, became a firefighter, spent five years in that career, came out of the Air Force and met the woman who's now been my wife for almost 30 years. How different would my life have been if that girl hadn't broke up with me that day? Oh, in the first week, day, months, year, it was always a sob story. It was always heartbreaking. It was always horrible. But I've met so many other people, traveled around the world, had great relationships and great opportunities because that moment changed the direction of my life. Is that a sob story or is that a learning experience? See, some people get stuck right there, though. They never tell that story again. They don't want to talk about that moment because it still owns them emotionally. They've been defeated by that moment and they've given up. It would be real easy for someone like Nadia, sweet Nadia, to talk about what happened in her relationship and be bitter and vengeful and heartbroken and angry. I thought she did a pretty good job of getting through that moment of realization when child support comes out of your account for the first time and you have to not just realize that you don't have that money to spend in the way you might have wanted to, but you also have to deal with not having your kids around or the person you've invested the last decade in around. And, and you've got to move on. You've got to find the sunny side of life. You've got to be willing to tell that story. And if you haven't practiced, even if it's just you and your mirror, telling some of the stories that have been painful, destiny-changing stories in your life, telling them from a platform, telling them in a book, telling them on a Zoom call, might be your undoing. Take the time to rehearse those stories. Listen to yourself tell them. Take a moment to write them out, whether it's in your journal or on a blank piece of paper that you can later set on fire. I don't care. There may be some things that you don't want anybody in the world to know. It's just between you and God. That's fine. But as you revisit those stories, I, I heard a, a great question from a counselor one time. His name is Bob Hamp. And he used to ask this question all the time when working with clients. He would say, where was Jesus when that happened? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a great country song about the little boy hiding behind the couch when his parents fought. And in the end of the story, the Sunday school teacher says, where was Jesus when it happened? He said, oh, he was behind the couch with me. Powerful revelations of stories. Some of those stories in your life, they still bring pain every time you tell them. A little tear wells up in the corner of your eye and you get mad you want to punch a hole in the wall. Or do something else harmful or dangerous. If you'll take time to sit with your stories, write them out, look at them, 
Ask yourself, as I look back on that from a new perspective, when I was young, I acted like I was young. But now that I'm older, I'm a little wiser. I do different things with the thoughts that I have. Have you taken the time to go through some of the stories of your life and just give them the lens of experience and maturity, the wisdom that you have now? Let me add one more layer of thought to that question. How many of the stories that you've already lived through, the ones that you thought at the time would be your undoing, would unravel you emotionally, would maybe even cause you to bring about your own demise? But you look back now, a decade or two or three or four or five later, and you think, if I can live through that, my child, my grandchild can live through it too. Maybe the things that helped me to cope would help them to cope. There's a lot of wisdom in revisiting your stories. There's a lot of wisdom in retelling your stories for others. And your story may be the one thing that changes the direction of their destiny. Take the time to get real, get honest with your stories. Retell them to yourself. And if you need some help telling better stories better, selecting the right story, is it about the cow, about the kid, about the cat? Which story do you need to tell in this moment? And, And how do you construct it in a way that will be effective to transfer the learning moment, the the wisdom, the call to action to them. If you need some help with that, check out storypowermasterclass.com or just send me a private message. I'll be glad to help. That's what I do. I help people tell better stories better. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren. But uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.